This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Let's go, business storytellers. How's it going? Hey, today we want to talk about branded podcasts. Of course, this is kind of a branded podcast, even though right now there's not much I'm selling, but I'm always selling books. And you might be surprised, I'm also selling or showing off at least my clothes. So this is actually something you can check right out, check out right now on Amazon. If you like the fit, if you like the look, I would get them a size bigger, quite frankly. I got 4X and it fits just nicely. Um, maybe my shoulders are just getting too broad. Ha, 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 ha. But I certainly um, have done branded podcasts. Certainly I was interested in talking about that topic. And we did dis- discuss what is a branded podcast? What companies should do them? Why do we do them previously? So today we want to dive into uh, how do you actually drive sales potential? And then also, if we have time, let's talk about the networking aspect. How does that help? And from my perspective, podcasting has been a fantastic networking tool because I meet new people that I would have never met without a podcast. And, you know, you get to chat with them for 26 minutes or longer. So really excited talking to Ross Romano today. He is the co-founder and show host at the B Podcast Network. So you can check that out um, to find out more about it. But let's find out. Branded podcasts, how do they help us with sales? Ross, welcome. And Christoph, thanks for having me. Glad to have you on the show. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Why the interest in branded podcasts, and um, you know what's what's uh, why is that an interesting topic to you? <laughs> sure. Let me try to give you the short version. So I have been in the um, you know public relations and communications marketing space for about the past decade. And what I noticed, uh, you know, certainly five, six years ago, and even more so in recent years, was that if you're in any kind of a, a niche market, right, with your company, um, whether you're working in, you know, I work with companies in the education space largely, but if you're in any kind of a market other than broad direct to consumer, uh, there's a dwindling of opportunities to get your story out through third-party media, right? Um, magazines, trade publications, et cetera, the, the traditional media. There's a lot of contraction there. There's not as many outlets. There's not as many staff working at those outlets. So there's fewer ways to get the word out there. In conjunction with that, though, there's this rise in new media and podcasting and blogs and social media and a great opportunity for companies to be thoughtful about getting their own story out there. So really, I think it's time the past time really to break down the silos between PR and content marketing and um, corporate communications, right? And really think of it as all one storytelling aspect. Absolutely. And certainly, you know, when I was in the media business many, many years ago, we were it, right? This is how mm-hmm. you got a hold of people. This is how you got your word out. And now we're live streaming this. We're putting this on TV. We're doing all these different things, social media, live streams. It's a very different environment. Now, what I'm interested in, um, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm 
exposing my corporate uh, PTSD a little bit here, Ross. But you know, a lot of times people go talk about when it comes to sales, is this one blog post leading to sales? Is this one podcast episode leading to sales? Is this one tweet leading to sales? No. But my answer always is, it's the cumulative. It's everything together. But let's talk about podcasts specifically. How do you know that they have an impact on sales? And how do you measure that? Sure. So uh, step number one, which I think is the, the most often overlooked, is communicate with your sales team, right? I mean, all too often, um, for example, companies will invest resources in, say, PR and marketing. Uh, they'll hire a firm, an agency to help them with developing a podcast or any other kind of collateral, uh, email marketing, case studies, any of that kind of stuff. And so frequently the sales team is out there working in the field, right? They're not necessarily in the office all the time. They don't know this is happening. <laughs> and they're the people who really need to know it, right? They're having a, uh, I have a meeting with a school district today and our company just placed a story in this newspaper that I should show to the client I'm meeting with, and, but I, nobody told me about it. Um, same thing if you're in any other kind of business, right? So number one is we need to have much better internal communications between all facets of the organization, marketing, communication, sales, product development, and so on. Uh, two is <clears throat> really having that two-way line of communication, right? Um, finding out from the sales team, what would help you? Um, do you have a prospect that you're really interested in, uh, you know, trying to get on board? It's a little early. You're not quite ready to, to cold call them or pitch them, but what if we invited them to be part of our podcast? Maybe then we could form a warm connection there and take it from there. So there's a lot of ways there where you, we can engage the sales team directly in those efforts and have them as part of that content creation uh, where we're going to know exactly what's happening there, right? We'll have a much tighter feedback loop, know how to, uh, to adjust the content, how to adapt. Um, and and I, I would say that's the number one way, because as you said, right, it's not one blog or one podcast. Ultimately, if you do a lot of blogs and a lot of podcasts, you probably will see, hey, there's a few of them that are evergreen year after year, getting the most traffic, driving the most interest, but you don't know which one that'll be. So you need to do more than one. You need to do it consistently and create a lot of touch points to really engage the audience so that they know a lot more about you um, and can relate to you. It's an interesting um, discussion. So um, even Jason Falls, I think he said this on Winfluence mm -hmm. on his podcast, which you can listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. And he said, you know, people need to stop only giving the last touch point credit, right. right? So like only the person that makes the sale gets credit, which is total baloney because he's, I mean, who knows what the right number is? I hear different numbers, anywhere from seven touch points to 33, you know, so it's yeah. probably somewhere in the middle there. Um, so, so guess what? One touch point is my podcast episode. So don't minimize that that's an important piece of the, 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 the marketing funnel to get people acquainted with your brand, to get people moving along. Um, and certainly it does help when people say, hey, I heard this episode. Hey, I saw this episode, uh, whatever. So certainly that helps, but, but it's hard to measure too. I think it's the state of the man gen podcast where they're saying they ask open and question, how'd you hear about us? And they said the, the number of people who heard our podcast is just through the roof. 
And so we know for a fact that it's working. But if you do a branded podcast, how do you, uh, to maximize sales, how would you recommend to start? I mean, I have like this mixed theory, sometimes invite prospects on, but if you only invite prospects on, who knows if your show is going to be worth listening to, right? Depending on who they are. So that can't just be the whole thing. But, you know, so how do you find the right mix? How do you recommend that companies start? Right. Yeah, I would think that there's there's maybe five main things that need to be communicated during the podcast. One is the, the expertise of your company, who are your thought leaders, who are your people in-house that are creating your products or services that would be delivering to your customers. Two is demonstrating that you really have a clear understanding of the customer and their needs and really being able to relate to them. So a lot of that can be done by the conversations and interviews that you have, but you need to demonstrate both that you know what you're doing, but that you also know what they want, right? Um, two is you want to chat with your current clients. It's a great uh, opportunity to share success stories, case studies. It's a, you know, these are done often in print, right? A, a two-pager, things like that, testimonial quotes, but this is another way to really with substance uh, show your potential customer something that's relevant to them. Oh, I'm like those people. It helped them in these ways. Now I know how it relates to me. Connect with your prospects as well, of course, and connect with other experts and, um, you know, recognize leaders in the space who may have, they're not part of your company. They're not a client or a potential client. Maybe they're a potential partner, somebody you could work together with to deliver on behalf of your clients, but maybe they're just somebody else out there who has a lot of good insights to share about the things that you know your customers want to know about, right? Use this medium to benefit them. Let them learn about something that they can use. I always think about it that way, right? To say, yes, everybody who listens to our podcast and decides I want to submit a contact form or I want to follow up, I want to learn more, I want to get a, a sales proposal. Awesome, right? And if they listen long enough, and to enough episodes, that probably will happen. But I want each individual episode to also have actionable advice and insights they can use. So if that's the only touch point they ever have with us, they will have got something worthwhile out of it and they will have gotten value out of us. And more often than not, if we're delivering value in that way, they'll come back to us sooner or later or they'll tell somebody else about us. Maybe this person is not a candidate for whatever reason. Um, they don't have the budget. We don't have exactly what they need, but they'll tell other people. Um, so just deliver value and and uh, good things will happen. I mean, deliver value, no argument from me here. Uh, what's interesting too is, you know, even if only if a person only listened to one podcast episode, that's one touch point, right? You need right. at least six more anyways. Yep. And depending on uh, whether you're in B2B or B2C or whatever you might be in, uh, you know, you might need way more and, and the buying cycle might be way longer anyways, right? People are not buying a, a Yankees ad online after they right. saw one ad one time. Um, what is the right mix, in your opinion, between success stories? And I, I kind of got some mixed feelings on this. So there's one podcast in particular, and in my opinion, all they do is share client success stories. And maybe maybe the goal of that podcast is to just make those clients happy. And they don't really care if anybody ever listens. Right. But at some point, I need something else than a client success story. Like, give me something, like anything. Just talk about the team or talk about something cool you've done. I don't need 
a weekly episode of success stories, but once a month, once a quarter, that might work. Um, so what is that just me because I'm picking everybody's content apart or uh, what should the strategy be? I think you're absolutely right that it needs to be a mix. If that's all you ever do with the show, um, it serves certain benefits, right? It keeps your clients happy. It's good client engagement. And they could be individual episodes that your sales team, for example, could send directly to a prospect and say, hey, if you want to hear about what we did for a client like you, here's a good story. Still a lot of good use there, but not likely to broaden the audience. Um, part of that is the tact and nuance and presentation of those stories, right? Part of it is making sure that it really is their story and it's not too heavy handed on, here's all the ways we help them, but it's the hero's journey of that client. What were they struggling with? What were they challenged with? What decisions did they make? How did it turn out? And hopefully we, you know, we weave in there um, in certain ways, but if it's really, you know, all it's ever about is this is how we helped everybody, then that gets kind of tedious and repetitive, right? But I would say, you know, maybe that's 20% of the time you want to share those um, current client success stories, maybe even less, uh, because they're super valuable, but they need to be mixed in with possibility, right? So it's examples, it's case studies, it's use points, but it's also the potential of what's to come. It's also the conversations that have no agenda other than to talk about the topics that we know are important to the audience we want to reach. That's how we're going to get more people involved. That's how we're going to get more word of mouth. Again, that example that you shared of everything's a success story. Yes, that could be really good sales enablement collateral. That's not going to generate word of mouth. Um, you know, your clients might generate word of mouth that they like working with you, but they're not going to say, hey, you need to listen to this podcast because it's just not, that's not what it's designed for. So we do need to think about the fact that First and foremost, it is a media product, and we want to think about who the audience is that would like to engage with this media product, and then also think about um, the sales enablement, the networking, the marketing, and all those other things. You know, the other thing I was thinking about is when you said, well, that's good sales enablement uh, content, and certainly I'm a big fan of creating ones publishing everywhere, mm -hmm. but if it's only sales enablement material, right. Why do a podcast at all? Just record a conversation or, rec or record a video testimonial, right? And there you go. You can use that. So um, I love create ones, publish everywhere, but don't overdo it. Right. Um, how do you feel about um, scripted versus unscripted? I know sometimes, especially in companies, I just saw a message earlier from a content designer, and uh, they said something like, my approval processes are just wild. And, you know, I see that in some companies, you know, PR wants to have their thumb on everything. Everything needs to be approved, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you and I, we're just having a conversation. Right. I'm asking you questions I think the audience will find interesting. You're giving your opinions. I don't know what you're going to say. You know, you might totally disagree with me, which, which is fine. Um, but I don't know that every company doing a branded podcast would be comfortable with that. So how, what's your opinion on the whole scripted versus unscripted? And how do you how do you do that? Yeah, and and this is coming from somebody who came from the PR world. Uh, I I hate scripted. <laughs> I think it's I think number one, um, 
the, what the script does more often than not is create a lot of anxiety about remembering the script. And then as soon as, you know, there's a mistake or something goes a little bit off script, then the guest is just kind of spinning out and they, you know, they kind of lose their place. Right. Um, we all kind of probably know that, that feeling if you've ever been, you know, maybe you were reading a speech or something in, in school and you, you were giving up the, presentation and you you missed the line and all of a sudden you said what well, where was i what am i doing so number one you know it creates a lot of problems to have the script number two it's not engaging it's not interesting um there's no time for back and forth you know i've certainly seen podcasts where the host is scripting it for the it's not even a branded podcast but the host is scripting here's the exact five questions I'm going to ask. And then the guest spends a bunch of time preparing exactly what they want to say to those questions. And maybe it goes perfectly. It's very dry, flat, you know, there's no dynamic there. So I'm very much in favor of, yes, we want to have a mutual understanding. What topics do we want to talk about? What things do we find interesting? And then let's go from there. Let's have a conversation. Um, and, you know, more often than not, if we're comfortable in our subject matter expertise and our knowledge and we can bounce off one another that's much more interesting to a listener um, because otherwise right it's it's a podcast technically um, but really it's it's more of a I don't know a webinar right <laughs> let's wait <laughs> until people fill in and uh, sit in their seats uh, don't get me started on webinars uh, I think there's been some good ones out there when they're short and to the point. But oh my goodness. Um, the other thing when you were talking about, um, you know, people just reading their scripts, if mm -hmm. you're just going to read your script to me, just send it to me on email. We'll have an AI person read it for us. You don't even have to sit there. Uh, I've actually done an episode like that over on Real Talk, the Customer Insights show, where Chat GPT wrote the answers and then I fed them into Synthesia, which created a person who was literally talking to me. And, you know, reading my answers, except it was kind of freaky because everybody knew it was an AI generated person. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, don't read the scripts, have a conversation uh, on Real Talk. I do um, write out the questions beforehand, but we hardly ever go in order um, mm -hmm. because they will say something, you know, and I'm thinking something else. So that can create a problem, too. Right. If you have prepared questions and then the host asks you another question, you didn't think about it and you're too rigid. Right. Right. If it's, you know, if it's scripted, it needs to be a creative thing. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but GE uh, had done a, a branded podcast called The Message, which was a science fiction you know, story um, in multiple parts that was branded for GE, but it wasn't about them. Right. OK. Yes, you need to script out something like that. Um, but if we're doing an interview and we're having a conversation, no conversation should be scripted, whether it's recorded or not, right? You really want to have a dynamic where you're in the moment, you're open, you're having, you're talking to one another, uh, and it can go in any number of directions. Yeah, I mean, who has scripted conversations, quite frankly, ever anyways? So uh, no disagreement with you on that one. Um, we got about six minutes left here, five and a half minutes. Let's talk about networking a little bit. So sure. certainly it does help with sales. You do have to ask, you do have to build your audience too, right? It's a numbers game. If 10 people listen to your podcast, you're probably not going to have much sales impact. But the more people listen, the more people will move down the funnel over time. I mean, that's just pure math. And I did not go into content marketing to do math, but that those are the realities. Right. Um, so tell me about the networking aspect. I mean, how does a branded podcast help with networking? 
Sure. So here's, and, and I'm sure you can speak to this from your experience, right? You were at, uh, I believe this is episode 595. Um, so you've been doing this long enough to have built up an audience, but I'll bet even in the early going before you really had many listeners, you were able to get some people to join you on the podcast that you may not have expected them to say yes. And that certainly would not have said yes. If you just said, Hey, would you like to have a meeting? Right. Um, there's just something about having that uh, opportunity available to have people share their story and get wider reach, um, no matter what that reach is, that is a lot more interesting and enticing to them than just another meeting, another Zoom call, another whatever. Um, there's also those opportunities to co-network, cross-promote between podcasts. Um, and you know that's what we do with our podcast network. That's a huge thing. If, if we all know that we more or less have a common audience uh, together that we're trying to reach, there's more opportunities for us to support one another, to get your content in front of my people and, and vice versa, where um, there's just a lot of, of potential there when we are collaborative and when we're thoughtful and mindful about that stuff. But, you know, more than anything, whether you're using it for the purpose of sales or to build your, you know, your network of potential collaborators, or just to be able to connect with new and better ideas. Um, being able to do that via a podcast when you have a good strategy is a really powerful way to do it versus just going around asking people for their time. It drives me crazy, honestly, Ross, when, when people ask, do you want to have a meeting? And I'm like, right. not really. I've had plenty of meetings today. Uh, would you like to come on my podcast? Oh, heck yeah, I would love right. to. Now, when you, I was just thinking about that when you were mentioning, depending on who you invite and why you invite them, um, I treat everybody the same, whether they're a thought leader, whether they're, um, I don't know, a vendor, collaborator, whatever, or whether they are a prospect, right? I, I try to have a conversation with all, all of them. I try not to squeeze them too much for sales calls type of information, right? right? That's not the point of a podcast. Um, so the, the my information, my, my podcast with the thought leader is very similarly structured to my podcast episode with um, a potential client. Is that how you would recommend that or how should you look at the, the opportunity and, and building those conversations? Yeah, I mean, I totally would. I I believe that, you know, show up prepared, ask good questions, have a great conversation, impress them with the quality of the conversation. And people who are interested will be interested, right? Um, if you're trying to really push the sales aspect too hard, then it's clear that it's sort of a, uh, whatever you want to call bait and switch. <laughs> um, and, and people are not going to respond positively. That doesn't mean don't follow up with them, don't stay in touch. Um, but it just means, you know, focus on the quality of that conversation, really having them feel like they had a great opportunity to get their story out or get their voice out. And people will want to do more with you. What I've also noticed is people have a lot of fun on these shows, right? So mm -hmm. even if they're not going to become a customer tomorrow, but they remember the experience, right. they remember how much fun it was. The, the other thing that's interesting to me, I'd be interested to hear your opinion on this. How, how do companies get over this? But every time you invite somebody on a show, you never know exactly what they're going to say, right? right? So if I might say, hey, how about this? How would you handle that? And they might give an answer 
that is completely the opposite of what my company does, <laughs> right. Right? right? But I'm not going to say, oh, hold on a second. We're not talking about that, right? So like, there's is that a danger? Or I personally don't think it's too big of a danger. You just kind of move on from it. But, um, and it makes it more authentic, I guess. But how, how should people think about that? What's your opinion on that? Yeah, and sometimes that's me as the host. Uh, I host a show where I interview authors about their books. And you know, I really try to actually read through the books, come up with questions, go a lot deeper than what they would typically be asked on other shows. And 95% of the time, they love that. You know, they'll even remark after we finish recording, oh, those were great questions. I really enjoyed that. The other 5%, I might poke in some areas that they don't really appreciate. <laughs> they might say, no, you have that completely wrong. Um, and, you know, they, they'll, they'll kind of rebuff me. Um, but, you know, I think that's what makes it interesting, right? It's okay if we're not always 100% in agreement or if I perhaps interpret something a little differently or, or even extract an idea that maybe they never thought to include in their book and then they, you know, they're a little unhappy about that. But um, I think that that is, you know, that's what you want and vice versa. If your guest says something that's not what you expect, okay. I mean, if you only, you know, interview people who are going to say exactly what you would say, you don't really need to interview them. <laughs> you can just have a solo show right. and keep saying the same thing over and over. I mean, that's a really, really good point. Uh, Ross, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, almost to 600 episodes here. So really appreciate you uh, help uh, getting this content in front of people. Um, in the last 30 seconds here, tell us, how do people connect with you? Who do you work with? That sort of thing. Sure. Yeah. So um, I have a consulting firm called September Strategies, where I work with leaders and organizations, primarily in education industry, also do executive coaching there. Um, best way to connect with me, honestly, just email me, Ross at SeptemberStrat.com or find me on LinkedIn um, or Twitter at Ross B. Romano. We also have the B Podcast Network. So you go to bpodcast.network. That's our website. And you can submit a contact form there. Anything if you're interested in learning more about that, being part of the network, um, those are the best ways to find me. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win. Thank you.